0: That's exciting. Um, how's everybody? Give me nods, give me to make sure I know you're still alive and not asleep. Yeah. Yeah, alive, there. Alive alive-o. Um Hello, I'm Manny. Um, I am part of the staff team at this wonderful church. I've um, been around the church for about 20 odd something years, um, and it's, I've never wanted to leave. I might have tried, but it didn't really, it didn't really happen. Um, this was the place. This is this is the place for me. So, I'm I'm very happy about that. Um, uh, who am I? Um, uh, somebody, somebody being rude. Oh, I must be Doreen. <laughs> um, uh, I thought. Um, I thought. Like, how do I describe myself? Well, I. I uh, I'm not a huge Twitter fan, but how I describe myself on Twitter is uh, things that are important to me. Fatherhoods, family, Jesus, coffee, uh, London Irish Rugby Club. There's a woo there. Yes, come on. Um, so I love all of them. Um, and as a dad, I should share a dad joke, right? That goes without saying yes, got some thumbs up. All right. Uh, what does a turtle do on their birthday? No one. They celebrate. Uh, do you want another one? I knew, I knew you would. Uh, I'm, I'm also half Spanish. It's um, Manny Garcia. So I thought I could tell this one and it would be okay. So what do you call an old Spanish man? Obviously not me. Manny. Manny. <laughs> Thanks, thanks. Um, it's the other manner you're talking about, I take it. Uh, a senior citizen. I knew you like that. I knew you like that. Uh, I know you're asking, how's my summer been? Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> uh, we've had some fun days out with the kids. Uh, we've been away a bit. In fact, I've left the family holiday to come back to do this, and I'm going back again because I love you so much. Um... But my highlight of the holiday so far has been uh, Dti, uh, where I had an amazing time and got to hang out uh, with some of our amazing youth. Um, but uh, I did get to avoid the warehouse full of three thousand smelly teenagers, which you'll have a picture here. It's just something about this is this is what it, this is the warehouse, and that's all the smelly teenagers. Um, but they're worshiping God, so that's okay. Uh, they did have an amazing time. And God did some amazing things uh, amongst the teenagers. I was actually hanging out. There was a, 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 youth, a kids' program. Uh, I was hanging out with the 5 to 11. So that was like the youth leaders, kids, and the people that were on team, the, the dream team as they're known, all their kids. Um, and I just had just had the best time. Um, and... Uh, it was what Jesus was doing in that, we had like a mini warehouse, there's about 100 or so kids, um, what was God was doing in that mini warehouse that reminded me uh, so much of why I love Jesus so much. We're talking about why Jesus, which I think we've had the slide up there, we're carrying on the series that we've been doing. Um, and yeah, I was, just, I, was really, I was really reminded of why I love Jesus so much. Why, um, as the old delirious and the old delirious fans in the room, um, why the old delirious song inside outside goes? You still captivate me, fascinate me. Um, obviously, talking about Jesus. Why, when Jesus said the kingdom of God has, when Jesus said the kingdom of God has come near, he darn well meant it. Um, and on that last point, I'd like to push a little bit deeper. So let's look at that in the Bible. Um, I think we're coming up here. We should have Mark 1, verses 14 to 15. Um, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And in some translations, it has it as, instead of uh, it's come near, it is at hand, or it is nigh. Um, but what does what's Jesus really getting at here? Uh, how long have we got? <laughs> it's okay. I've, I'm I'm going to keep it concise, hopefully. Um, well, he's announcing that God's rule and reign is beginning on earth. Now that sounds that sounds pretty impressive, right? The weird thing is though that you might notice that he did this in Galilee, which was Really, a backwater of Israel. It would be a bit like Prince Charles getting, becoming King Charles and his coronation taking place in, where should we say, Milton Keynes? Apologies running from Milton Keynes, I'm sure it's lovely, but I just don't think it's where the coronation is going to happen. Um, his listeners would have been quite surprised too. This was a moment they'd been waiting for, um, but they had hoped it would look different. Um, They hoped for a grand leader at the head of an army to kick out the Romans and restore the greatness of the kingdom of Israel. But they'd forgotten that God's plan was always for the whole earth and not just for Israel. Jesus was also telling them that um, the rule and reign of God was actually becoming physically close to them they had used been used to be, that only being true in heaven and in the holy of holies in the temple in jerusalem that was where those were the only places where god was those were the only places where the kingdom of god was present and in jerusalem that's the only places it was present on earth but the kingdom was present in jesus in him and he was close to them so therefore the kingdom of god was actually physically touching distance to them, at hand, if you like. What does this look like? Um, Well, Jesus tells us, again in Galilee, um, in a synagogue, which we can read in in Luke 4, uh, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the captives and recovery of sight, For the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Go, Jesus! (laughs) And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And again, here he is, he's calling it out again. God's kingdom is there in that moment. He is. Announcing the beginning of God's kingdom, being right there with them. And Jesus sure did those things, right? He, he healed the sick. He gave sight to the blinds. He set the oppressed free. But we know Jesus' kingdom didn't stop uh, with Jesus, don't we? Uh, and he hints at this in, in, John's, in John's Gospel, uh, chapters 4 and 5. The phrase is repeated twice. "A time is coming, and has now come." That's a confusing sentence. "A time is coming and is now coming, and has now come, something that has already arrived but is still to come. A kingdom that is coming, but has also arrived." Now those of you who've been around this church for a little while, we'll, this will be ringing some bells right now, I hope. <laughs> um, we'll come to that. Um, Jesus also talks about his coming again. So does he just mean that? Is he talking about, yes, I've begun my, I'm beginning the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God on earth, and I'm going to, this is me now, and I'm going to go away and I'm going to come back again, and then the kingdom will be back again. That is if the kingdom of God is just the person of Jesus, right? But Jesus also then talks about how he will leave his spirit. We go to Acts 1. Um, But wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and ye will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then we have the day of Pentecost. God pours out his Spirit on his faithfully waiting disciples. With the sound of a violent wind and in tongues of fire. So is that God's kingdom coming so God's kingdom's come with Jesus? It's coming on his disciples. Is it just for his for Jesus and his disciples? Well, in the moment, Jesus, um, Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, immediately tells us, No, that's not the case. Peter, emboldened by the power of the Holy Spirit, references the Old Testament prophet's Joel's prophecy. That, and we see it here from Acts, in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. And then as we read through Acts, we realize that Jesus' followers have become the kingdom bearers too. Proclaiming good news to the poor, healing the sick, all that stuff. This is, as the theologian Derek Morphew puts it, the enacted, inaugurated kingdom. It is also still to come, yes, we know we live in the now and the not yet of the kingdom we see god's kingdom breaking in we see somebody get healed we see somebody's life get broken life get fixed but sometimes we don't sometimes we do sometimes we don't the now and the not yet of the kingdom but friends we we are now the kingdom bearers the kingdom of god is at hand the kingdom of god is in our hands right so I want to go back to, to where I started. Why Jesus? Because him and his kingdom still fascinate me, still captivate me, because he began the age where the kingdom of God has come near. Why was I reminded this when I was, when I was helping out in Dream Kids in the 5 to 11 program at DTI, that the kingdom of God has come near? Because I saw the spirit of God move in those kids. Some received the gift of tongues and sung in tongues. Some had dreams and shared about it. Some had visions and shared about those. Some had words of knowledge and prophecy and shared those for other people. And there were other people in the room where that was exactly relevant to them. Um, Kids prayed for for healing and saw that happen. Kids prayed for healing and saw it not happen. But that was okay Kids st- were sharing how they started to pray in new ways and at new times. Kids shared how they were excited to read their Bibles more. Um, and on top of that, they worship their socks off. God's kingdom is near. And it's not just for DTI, the youth, all the kids. Um, last week, a team of us prayed for someone that was here, um, She'd fallen over on holiday and her leg was hurting. Um, she said her pain was at a seven. We prayed and her pain went to a six. So as a team, we said, well, let's, God's doing something. Let's pray again. This is how we do it, right? Let's pray again. And we prayed again. And her, and her pain went from a six to a three. And she was amazed. Yes, she wasn't completely healed, but God had done something. The kingdom was present in that moment as we prayed. Um, People here prophesy. I've received so many uh, words of knowledge and prophecies that somebody could not have known about me or my situation, and many of you could share the same thing. We go out into the community. We try to bind up the brokenhearted and set the captives free and free people from oppression and put the love of God on display through us simply and loving anyone who comes through our doors that we happen to meet on the streets or in our community um, hub at the yard. If you haven't been there, you need to check it out. It's just that way, about two blocks. Are we perfect bearers of God's kingdom? No. (laughs) I speak for myself. Obviously, you guys are perfect. Um, But we try... And we pray and we trust and we keep being refilled with God's spirit and therefore his power. And that's what, that's what we want. That's, what, that's why Jesus, for me, because his kingdom is at hand. Because his kingdom is breaking in and we want to see more of his kingdom breaking in until his kingdom comes in full. We're going to move into a time of ministry. I'd like to do that slightly differently. Um, You can either stay sitting or you can stand, I don't mind. But I'm going to lead us through what's called an imaginative prayer. Um, It's from this book called Imaginative Prayer um, by a guy called uh, Jared Patrick Boyd. Um, So, can I encourage you to... um, Just whatever way you find it easiest to not be distracted and just uh, listen and let your imagination go with what's, what's described and then we'll see what God wants to do after that. What is the mission of God? The mission of God is to make everything in the world good again. Close your eyes and let's take a few deep breaths together. God, I pray that you will release our imagination to help us to hear you speak to us during this time together. We open our hands to you, we open our ears to you. Come, Holy Spirit. Now imagine with me that you are surrounded by all sorts of things and all kinds of people. Imagine you're in a wide open field of grass and this field is filled with things and people. Some of the things belong to you and some of the things you've never seen before. They must belong to someone else. And you know that some of the people who are in the, you know some of the people who are in the field, but others are people you do not know. They are strangers. and many of them are speaking a different language. It seems as though they are from all sorts of places in the world. Imagine that you're walking through the field and you notice that many of your possessions are there. You can see that some of your favorite things are there. A guitar or a bike or a notebook, and they're broken. What are some of those things that you see there? Is there a favourite book or a favourite bag? Or a device that used to work but no longer works. Imagine looking all around and noticing all the broken things and damaged books. Now imagine you see houses with broken windows. Imagine walking up to a house to get a closer look and you notice that the paint is chipping and the steps are falling off the front porch. The house is old and in disrepair. It has been neglected. Imagine now that this is your house. What would you feel like to see your very own house or flat in this condition? Again, you notice the people. There are people scattered throughout the field. There are people who cannot walk or cannot see. There are people who are clearly poor and hungry. And there is fighting. You see a father who is angry at his son And brothers and sisters throwing stones at each other. People are arguing and angry. People are hurt. Some people are lonely. Now imagine that you continue to walk through the field. The grass beneath your feet turns brown as you get closer to the edge of the field. The trees are barren and you notice there's rotten fruit on the ground near the trees. You take a deep breath of air and it seems polluted. The sky is green where it should be blue, the water is brown where it should be clear, and the ground and soil are hard and shallow where they should be rich and deep. Take a moment to look back over the entire field, the broken possessions the torn books, the neglected houses. Look at the people in the field. Watch as the two brothers fight one another and two sisters yell at each other. Some people are lonely, some are poor, but others right beside them are sitting down to a great feast. There are blind people and sick people. Some people are crying, others are homeless. Notice there are children without parents, and mothers and fathers without children. And you notice again that the trees and the sky and the pollution that surrounds you. What would it look like if everything in this field could be made right again? If everything could be made good again? Imagine now that a breeze begins to pick up Feel the wind press against you at your back. It's not a cool but a warm breeze. It warms you up unlike any breeze you have ever felt. The wind begins to warm your heart and fill you with joy. Imagine too that as the breeze arrives, the sun comes out and begins to shine light on the field. The breeze is strong and full of life. And it it is just like the breeze you felt when you stood in front of that great book that describes God's great story. Close your eyes and remember that this breeze is the Holy Spirit. That's right, God's Spirit has shown up to this field. And when this happens, everything begins to slowly change. Even all the small things The device that was broken is fixed. The bike that was snapped can be cycled again. Imagine that you feel compelled to get involved. You pick up a paintbrush and begin to give the house a new coat of paint. You clean the windows and grab a hammer and some nails to repair the front porch. And then the really important things start to change. You see fathers embrace their sons and daughters with great big hugs. Those same fathers who are angry and impatient are full of love and grace. You see mothers and daughters speaking kind words to each other. Brothers and sisters are hugging too. The spirit of God blew through and snatched up all the conflict and carried it away on the strong breeze that went through. Who do you want to reach out to? Are there any broken friendships you would want to see mended here in this field, in your life? Watch as families are reunited with each other. Watch as new, healthy babies are born to women who couldn't have babies. Watch as the breeze blows and these women are healed. You reach your hand out to pray for someone who is blind and their eyes are opened You touch the legs of those who can't walk, and they are lifted onto their feet by the strong wind that blows through once again. Watch as the sun shines brighter and brighter over all the fields, and the Spirit of God rushes through like a strong wind. Watch as the rich who dine at fancy feasts kneel before the poor and invite them to the table. You too are invited to the table, and you serve giant platters of food to people who haven't eaten in days. Watch the poor and needy, needy feast at the table with the rich, their glasses full, their plates full. Watch as the trees sprout new fruit and the grass and soil are restored. They are full of life and rich with nutrients and minerals. Watch as the leaves grow on trees, the sky turns bright blue and the water becomes clear. Watch as animals show up to the field full of playfulness and beauty. Before your eyes, the Spirit of God came through like a warm breeze and then like a rushing wind and everything before you was made right. Everything that your eyes can see and your ears can hear, everything that you can smell and sense has been made good again. When we follow Jesus, we join the mission of God to bring his love into the world. The mission of God is to make everything in the world good again. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at our hands. The kingdom of God is in our hands. Where that's got less in our lives, would you make it more? the fire of your Holy Spirit has got weak would you reignite the fire in us Lord I just encourage you where you're sitting if you'd like to just to say yes to the kingdom of God again yes Lord